Hey guys, welcome back to the CWS 247 podcast. That's right, we're still searching for new names. Keep tweeting at us because none of you have. Go ahead and and go ahead and just DM, tweet, email, whatever it takes to come up with a better name for this podcast. Because as I was just saying, if we keep calling it the CWS 247 podcast, eventually you're going to be stuck with that name. And we're going to be talking about it five years down the road and say, hey, I wish I had a better name. But we're going to be stuck with it. How are we all doing tonight, Mitch and Reggie? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, it is a late night, but we are here. We are persevering. We are uh, doing this for all 20 of our listeners. Um, yeah. Um, so overall, uh, we're doing very okay. Mitch, how are you? Personally, I'm doing great. I uh, had a nice long day at work as a uh, Florida baseball fan. I'm doing horrible. They looked just not good this past weekend. And I mean, Arkansas made them just made them their bitch flat out. So, yeah, other than that, we're doing all right. Under eight listeners, plug your ears. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, fantastic weekend, not just in the SEC, but across the country as we really started to feel that postseason energy. And we're, we're gearing up for now pure postseason baseball, everybody's favorite time of the year. A couple conferences have elected to not have a a, uh, a tournament in their conference for reason X, Y, and Z. But of course the SEC, Big 12 and ACC, among other conferences will carry on as normal, but uh, pretty big weekend for Pac-12 and Big 10 teams as their conferences were completely wrapped up uh, with their automatic bids going to Arizona in the Pac-12 and Nebraska in the Big 10. Uh, Mitch, Reggie, how do we feel about uh, those two conferences electing to to not have a conference tournament. Obviously, the Pac-12 has really never had a conference tournament in our lifetime, I believe, ever. But uh, they were going to this year, and then they just decided not to anyway, probably due to the coronavirus. But I don't know, like, why a why a virus can spread during the regular season and why, why it would be any different in the postseason. But I guess that's not our decision to have made. Uh, the biggest takeaway for me comes from the Big Ten and the fact that there are a handful more competitors than I think anybody else really envisioned. Um, a team that comes to mind, of course, Iowa had some pretty big hype at the beginning of the year, and then they went on that hot streak towards uh, the middle of April. They ripped off uh, seven or eight games in a row in which they won. Um, and then another team is Maryland. I know in my two or three, however many field of 64s I've done this year, I don't think I had Maryland in any of them. Um, obviously, that is a mistake. They're 26 and 15, seven and one in their last eight. And I think they may have played themselves into a uh, high three or a low two. And then with a three game series this weekend at home, against Indiana, you know, they, they really have a chance to solidify themselves as a two seed, I believe, and, you know, are, are making themselves out to be a uh, tough, tough matchup for whichever regional they go to. I think one thing that I took away from this, or from the decision not to have a tournament is it just kind of takes away from that postseason feel. 
And I think it's just a little bit disappointing to have that automatic bid decided by the course of the regular season instead of the conference tournament at the, at the end of the regular season, at the end of the regular season you see for all the other conferences. So I think, I think that, I mean, both of them, you're getting your best team into the conference, but these are conferences who the best team who won their conference regular season was already going to get in the tournament. So I feel that it's something that you just, you lose a lot of lust from it. So I think that uh, Arizona, uh, they they locked it up with a series win against Oregon State, and then you had Nebraska lock it up with taking wins against Indiana and Ohio State. And I think both of those, it was, it was uh, kind of nice to see. You see these the better teams get automatic bids, so you're not there's not no potential of losing an automatic bid and having a bubble team get knocked out by having a lower class team win the conference tournament. So nice to see there, but I think you just lose a lot without the tournament. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today, Why, how team conferences like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have elected to not have a conference tournament this year. And I wonder, I've often wondered this for basketball as well, but for mid-majors, why don't we have the system that they props up the regular season champion a little bit more in those kind of conferences? It's hard to give two bids to those kind of conferences where the teams are, we know they're not going to win any games. But at the same time, it feels like, there's all that work to to go and potentially dominate the regular season, like Jackson State, for example, who went undefeated in their conference during the regular season, but then went ahead and lost their conference championship today. So it seems like that they are – I think it's safe to say that they will not be in the tournament, despite literally winning every game on their schedule in their conference until the last one, and that one is going to keep them out. It's it's hard to say that, oh, we should, we should give – two of these guys a bid and then leave out somebody like LSU or North Carolina. But it might be the reality of the situation where it, it is, it is hard to tell that team, Hey, you won all the games that you possibly could have this season, except for that last one. I think that part of that decision kind of comes down to the, the only time that a small conference can really get any time of like uh, any time on TV would be during that conference tournament championship. So I think that's why they do it because that's just a potential time for them to make money. And it, they probably make more money from doing that than they would just guaranteeing a team to make the conference from the regular season. I think it's all about the, the momentum and how we saw in basketball, you know, a team who's not the best in the conference all season long, you know, just for example, in the summit league, Oral Roberts wasn't the best basketball team for the entire season and ended up, you know, winning the conference and then making a run all the way to the sweet 16. And I think you can do the same thing in baseball. It's, it's really all just about being hot at the same time and the, or being hot at the right time, excuse me. And then just making the most of your opportunities like teams like that do. All right. Just a transition here. We can get into uh, going over the series that we watched or that we picked at the beginning of the weekend, Mitch, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I can go first. So the uh, two series that I picked were Florida and Arkansas and then Stanford, Oregon. So the Florida, Arkansas one was honestly just the dominant performance by Arkansas. There was one close game in which Arkansas walked it off. And, but I mean, game three was a blowout and then game one just kind of Arkansas took the leader and then they put cops in the game in the seventh and, 
he just did what he does and just shut down the Florida lineup and just I think in that game uh, Arkansas struck out the Florida batters 16 times and Fabian for instance he had four strikeouts on Friday or on Thursday and then had more strikeouts on Saturday he was just a strikeout machine over the weekend uh, Wicklander looked like a legit ace on Thursday I think he's a guy who's really coming to his own this season and has kind of for Arkansas to have any sort of or any sort of like deep run in the uh, tournament, they needed a guy who is a legit ace, and he's turned into that this season. So I think that's kind of been a big reason as to why they're the number one team in the country. And then Robert Moore was just clutch all weekend and just was out there just getting hit after hit, it seemed, and was just always coming through for the Razorbacks. And then I think for Florida – this series just left a lot of question marks. I think there's a lot because you, you kind of sit there and you're asking like, all right, if Fabian's not hitting the ball, Hickey's had struggles recently. Who's going to come up? Who's going to come up and hit the ball for Florida? If it's neither of those guys, it's like, okay, you're kind of looking at it. You're looking at it. And it's just nobody, nobody could really get the bat going except for Callao. And when you don't have Fabian or Hickey hitting the ball for Florida, you're in trouble. And then you go back to the pitching woes they've had, I think Mace and Barco have both been pretty good this season, but they've just have not been able to find that third starter. Uh, Franco Allman, I think, is just not that guy for him. Uh, Jack Leftwich, could we see him potentially move back into the starting lineup in the postseason is a, is a potential question there. So I think Florida, for them, going forward, you need to figure out who's that third starter at the tournament time. And, I mean, the fact that we're, at, we're talking about who the third starter for Florida is here at the end of May is just enough of an issue in itself. And on top of the defensive issues they have, the inconsistent hitting. I mean, I, I think I texted Noah about this, but I said it's a good team, but it's not a good Florida team. Because I think when you talk about Florida, you expect them to be one of the top five teams in the country. It kind of seems like every year with the type of recruiting classes they bring in and how good uh, Sullivan's been with them in the, uh, I think it's 14 years he's been there. So that this Florida team, you know, they had the preseason number one hype coming into the year and they have not lived up to it. The other series that I had was Stanford versus Oregon in which Stanford took the series two games to one. And it was a big series for Oregon because they had the chance to catch up with Arizona at the end of the year and, uh, comp- and compete with them going into that final weekend with the uh, automatic bid. Arizona doesn't have a series this next weekend in the Pac-12. So Oregon, if they won this series and then won their next series, would have been able to catch them had they been able to win this series. But when they drop it two games to one, Arizona then locked up the regular season conference. And I think it, the big statement of this is, is the conference has three legitimate hosts for the top 16. And it kind of maybe knocks out Oregon from that top eight. So I think that those are the major takeaways that I had from this series. Now, I guess, uh, Reggie, what were the two series that you had picked? So the first series that I picked was Florida State and North Carolina State. And I didn't watch the Friday game. I watched the Saturday game, and that was – it was it was very eventful, honestly. Um, Florida State got out to a quick start, and then North Carolina State um, sort of bounced back and – uh, North Carolina State ended up taking two of three from the Seminoles. And I think uh, a big takeaway that I took from this was that North Carolina State is legit. Um, they are they are a solid, solid ACC team. Definitely not a team that a one seed would want to see in their bracket. 
And then the second series I had was Arizona at Oregon State. I believe it was the only ranked matchup in the Pac-12 this weekend. Rank on rank, I think. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, Arizona, Arizona ended up winning the series two games to one. Oregon State obviously dropped two of those. They've been on a slide as of recent, uh, two and six in their last eight, um, going into the USC series on May 7th, they were 29 and 14 and, you know, almost like on the cusp of that one seed host regional, um, line. And in their last eight, they have dropped six to, albeit good teams in Arizona state, in Arizona, but a midweek loss to Portland last week obviously kind of nicks the resume a little bit. RPI is still at 23, and then non-conference RPI is at 12, according to D1 Baseball. But, yeah, all in all, I think Arizona State really really flashed their shine this weekend, and um, if, they, if they hadn't played themselves into a one seed, they definitely did this past week. Uh, speaking of the Pac-12, the two series that I picked were Arizona taking on or Arizona State taking on USC, and uh, the Sun Devils promptly took two of three from the Trojans. And uh, I, I warned you guys about Ethan Long, potential next Arizona State star. People don't really talk about how much talent Arizona State has produced over the years. Hunter Bishop, Spencer Torkelson, to name a few. Uh, Ethan Long is going to be the next one, but this weekend uh, was dominated by Nate Baez uh, in terms of Arizona State uh, hitting four for 10, two home runs and eight RBIs uh, with 538 OBP. Uh, Long apparently had a quiet weekend, uh, but uh, Arizona State went ahead and took care of business. And I think they're going to be one of those teams where there'll be a a two seed and people will be kind of like, oh, kind of forgot Arizona State is playing good baseball and I think that I, I believe I have them in Lubbock in my latest projection, and I think that that's a, a very very nice place for them to play, somewhere they can kind of kind of hide a little bit behind that team that's struggling a little bit in the form of Texas Tech, just a little bit. And I think that Arizona State could certainly be a uh, one of those two seeds that cause a little bit of damage. And then the other the other one I chose was Nebraska at Indiana, which was kind of a weird series in quotes because. Nebraska played Indiana and Ohio State, and they, like, rotated. And I believe it was Saturday or maybe Friday, they played two games, one against Indiana, one against Ohio State. So I don't really know how that all worked because the Big Ten is a bigger clown show than the NCAA in general. And uh, <laughs> Nebraska ended up turning that into a, uh, a Big Ten regular season championship, getting the automatic big from that conference. Uh, it, it appears that Nebraska – uh, as well as potentially some others from the Big Ten, will be uh, on that two-seed line. I don't think anybody's going to break through that one, uh, especially with no conference tournament. But Nebraska does have a key series against Michigan uh, to close out the year. So the, there is opportunity for Nebraska to impress the committee a little bit more. But winning that Big Ten conference and getting that automatic bid goes a long way for, for the Cornhuskers. And uh, the Big Ten is going to be is going to be a four bid league. I think I could see five. Who are those five? Uh, Nebraska, Indiana, Michigan, Maryland, and then the possible fifth would be Iowa, but I don't think so. 
Although I've, heard I also, I, I've seen some projections that have Iowa, although they do come from Baseball America, who continues to be the biggest clown show in college baseball. I I know it's like not I know it's kind of tacky to go say, oh, this this media company who is obviously significantly better than we could ever even hope to like <laughs> see on the horizon. People pay money for Baseball America, like a lot of money. Something that I would never even think about. If you pay for Baseball America, go ahead and cancel that. But anyway, Baseball America is the dumbest organization that pretends to cover college baseball. They go around their their room. Hey, intern, do you know what college baseball is? Nope. All right, you're making the rankings this week. And then they go ahead and say, hey, you watched college baseball a few years ago. Yep, sure did. LSU is good. That's right. Go ahead and go make the uh, field of 64 this week. These people haven't watched an inning all season. I talk about ESPN. At least ESPN has Kyle Peterson and, and, and Chris Burke carrying the show. Baseball America has a bunch of, uh, of people who, who dye their hair and run around and, and watch Major League Baseball, but they do not watch college baseball. And I highly encourage them to do so just once. But Baseball America is such a clown show. But anyway, they do have Iowa in the field of 68, 64. Well, now that the two-minute rant about Baseball America is over, let's move into talking about the SEC tournament, and we can go ahead and preview the first and the second round. As we mentioned before on the last podcast, um, the SEC tournament is weird. It's very weird. The first round is single elimination, and the second round is when double elimination begins, and it is like that until the semifinal round which is once again, single elimination. And then a winner take all championship game on Sunday, May 30th, the matchups, Florida and Kentucky will start us off at bright and early at nine 30 AM on two. Is that central time is Hoover? Yes. It is, it is central time, time or is that yes. Eastern? That is central uh, 9 30 AM early for Florida and Kentucky. That means folks in Hawaii are getting, uh, let's see, quick math, quick math, quick math. Uh, 4.30? 4.30, I think? I thought, I think, I thought it was six I, hours. I don't, know. Are you, I don't know what you guys are on. I was under the impression that Hawaii just did uh, 5.30. No, it goes Pacific time, Alaska. It's six hours. No, it's, it's six not. hours. <laughs> Hawaii is – that just wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> the, the Pacific time zone – Pacific time zone is two hours behind us right now with the daylight. Do you know how yeah. far Hawaii is Hawaii, from California? Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii is time two zone hours is, is behind a completely California. made up thing. That is ridiculous. A time zone anyway, is, is like anyway, totally anyway. Okay, it's five hours. Anyway. It's five. <laughs> they are five hours behind. Jesus. Uh, South Carolina and Alabama will play 30 minutes after that, I assume. And then Tuesday night, Georgia and LSU at 430. And then 30 minutes after that, Ole Miss and Auburn. So, uh, Mitch, take us through what you see as a Florida fan. You get a uh, pretty good draw in Kentucky in the first round. Talk about that. Talk about the uh, rest of the matchups we got. So looking at the first day matchups, I thought the the most intriguing matchup was Georgia and LSU. And I had I think LSU wins that one. They've kind of been on a hot streak of recent of recent. I've almost taken the series or not series game against Auburn. South Carolina against Alabama, South Carolina winning, and then Florida beating Kentucky. 
I think the big key for the Florida Kentucky matchup is honestly, who does Florida throw? I would assume they would start uh, Barco, or yeah, probably Barco against Kentucky, and then go Mace against Mississippi State if they win. Uh, so I think we, if we thinking Tommy Mace uh, isn't going to throw against Kentucky, I would. I don't know. I, I just feel like I feel like you save Mace for that Mississippi State game. Because if the, I think I think Barco can handle Kentucky, I don't know. I what I mean? Yeah, I I almost agree. I don't think I don't think Kentucky really poses a threat to anyone. I think I think Florida is good enough to, and I think I mean Barco is good enough. Barco has had has had a pretty good season. I think I think for Florida, it's if you lose, it's like okay, you're maybe like probably a bottom like four regional host. But if you if you're able to win, you can make and then beat Mississippi State. You're maybe able to sneak your way back into that kind of top eight seed range, depending on what happens elsewhere potentially. So I think you don't you'd throw Barco and then you go Mace against Mississippi State because like that game would theoretically, if you beat Kentucky, mean more than if you lost to Kentucky. Yeah, I think the only thing that concerns me about that is that. Kentucky literally has to win. Like if they lose to Florida, they, if they haven't already just piss away all hope, they, they wanted to make the tournament. Um, Yeah. They had, they had a golden opportunity this weekend. They even, you know, beat Vanderbilt uh, on Saturday, but I, I still look back to that South Carolina, Kentucky series. And, you know, it just speaks to the narrative all season long that, um, I know I wrote about it before. Kentucky beats the teams they should, and they lose to teams that they should. To. They're, you know, you go up and down Kentucky's schedule, and that's very predictable. And I think that that stays the same uh, this week on Tuesday morning when they play Florida. I I really don't see how Kentucky can win. Uh, like I was saying last week uh, when we recorded our podcast, there's nothing like that first day of the SEC tournament where. It's all you don't you don't forget that the SEC tournament is happening, but it's almost like you wake up at now nine thirty in the morning. My guess was ten thirty last week. We're moving it up uh, nine thirty, and you say, "What am I doing awake?" And then you remember, "Oh yeah, I have breakfast with the SEC," and then you get to go ahead and turn your TV on and watch. I, I said Missouri, Kentucky, but we actually get Florida playing Kentucky. Florida is a, a regional host, folks. Uh, that just goes to how deep the SEC is. Uh, that, that that game will be a treat simply because of what time of the day it is. Otherwise, I do think Florida will win quite handily. I think South Carolina will take care of Alabama. South Carolina is a team that they know exactly what they're playing for. There's Winning is the difference between hosting and going on the road uh, in a regional. And then uh, later on in the day, I, I think uh, Georgia will defeat LSU. I think LSU has been battling the injury bug a lot, and I think that at some point you just have to lay down and die a little bit. And I think that that's not really something LSU fans are good at, but uh, I think that, that, that that's what we're headed for. And then uh, Ole Miss playing Auburn. I have recently much to the demise. I don't know if demise is the right word, much to the disappointment of Disapproval. Mississippi state. Sure. Of the <laughs> Mississippi state fans that religiously follow me. Uh, I have, really started to fall in love with this Ole Miss team kind of at the wrong time after losing Gunnar Hogland. But 
I do think that Ole Miss will take care of Auburn. Although I did see that there was an Auburn baseball player who tweeted about how excited he was for the SEC tournament. So does that change things? It could. Kudos to him. Kudos <laughs> yep, to he's him fired up. for being excited to get smoked by Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, he's not just one of those regular college athletes. It's like, yeah, I'm not excited to play the sport. You know, you see that all the time. All players are always like, "Yeah, I don't really like Tyrod Taylor, Cardell Jones." Uh, <laughs> Cardell Jones went to Ohio State. Well, that was Cardell Jones, right? He goes uh, to play football, yeah. not school. Yes, yeah, I think that was Cardell Jones. We we ain't come here to play school. Uh, I was being yep. being sarcastic, but then you literally whipped out examples of athletes not wanting to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Credit to him for being excited. Uh, I'm not going to jinx anything, but Ole Miss by 12. Um, <laughs> kind of on a tangent here, but my favorite Carl Jones moment was after he started the uh, was it the Big Ten Championship and then the National Championship. He had to hold a press conference to announce he was returning to school after only playing in two games. And there was like, is he going to get drafted? And it was just like, no, he's not. But uh, one thing I wanted to throw out there was I looked up the uh, the stat lines between Barco and Mace, and Barco was the much better pitcher against Kentucky that weekend. Barco went six and two-thirds, gave up only two hits, one walk, and struck out ten, while Mace went seven and gave up a – I think it was – oh, boy, I closed out of it. Um, Mace gave up eight hits and gave up four earned runs while only striking out nine and seven innings. So I think, I think they could go with Barco against Kentucky just solely based on that performance alone. Mitch, I have a little bit of a riddle for you. Uh, Not really a riddle. Let's say everything goes wrong for Florida. They're ruling you out to pitch against Kentucky. What's your stat line looking like? Um, Yeah. How deep are you going into the game, Mitch? I'm not recording it out. I am giving up. (laughs) Just four nukes, probably. Um, Austin Schultz might actually hit the ball 500 feet off Mitch. Like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm rolling out there. I, I mean, we, we've seen the Florida defense this year. It has not been as good as normal. You know, if you put me with that, uh, that team, I think it was 20. I want to say it was 2015 where they uh, set the fielding percentage record. Maybe I'm recording it out then, but this mm. team probably not. Well, I disagree. I think you have that Bartolo Cologne energy that you kind of, you can kind of just like <laughs> toss the ball in there, but it'll work. And I think that they would have you bat in the lineup too. That's yeah. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure we're, we're, and you know what? It's, it's no, are... no disrespect to Kentucky. <laughs> We are off topic tonight. Let okay. me tell you, it is late. It is uh, uh, late and weird. weird. So weird things are happening. Weird things happen past midnight in Nebraska. Well, let me um, transition into the second round of the SEC tournament with that. Speaking of late uh, yeah. night action, nothing uh, says late night craziness quite like Mississippi State and Hoover, but this time it's at 9.30 a.m. Taking on the winner of that Florida-Kentucky game. Uh, how are we feeling about that? I, I Florida versus Mississippi State at nine thirty in the morning just feels criminal. That just oh god, that just that that sounds disgusting. Like I, I'm just oh, okay. Um, it is double elimination, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I'm feeling like Mississippi State just kind of beats whoever wins that Florida Kentucky game. 
it, it feels like Mississippi State always kind of sleepwalks for the first oh. few innings in these kind of games. First game of the postseason, you see him do it in regionals. You see him do it in the in the SEC tournament before. Uh, I, I I can picture Florida taking not a not a huge lead, but like a like a four zero lead, and then the Mississippi State fans on Twitter are like, why on earth is this person playing for our team, or why is he pitching, or why does this guy have a scholarship? And then uh, all, of a, all of a sudden, Mississippi State wins like nine to four. And then it's like, oh, my God, I love our team, which obviously I love Mississippi State fans. But it is a little bit eye opening to see the flip flopping that I've seen going on in the past like week. Uh, end of thought. I think that's yeah, almost uh, any uh, fan base. They're just yeah, go for their it, fans are just so vocal on Twitter in comparison to a lot of other fan bases. It just kind of sticks out. I honestly wonder why, like, why Mississippi State out of all schools? Because like, maybe it's very... because there's more like Mississippi State followers two four seven, and that's the people that we see, and that's the people that talk back to us. But like, mm-hmm. it's it just seems like there's so many more Mississippi State fans that are vocal than any other school. Uh, Arkansas fans are are almost overwhelmingly vocal because. They may not have the numbers that Mississippi State fans do, but each one of the fans speaks for, like, three of them. So uh, <laughs> they're allowed in their own right. I get various DMs from them quite often that I don't accept. And then uh, I, w- I would say that Mississippi State fans and also Ole Miss fans, just in the, in the state of Mississippi, it's it's like they're baseball schools. And that that's pretty unique across the country. You can't really think of many places that are – actual baseball schools like even like lsu is is a football school texas is a football school Let's say oregon state uh yep oregon state is is a baseball school but it, it is hard to think of like more than that cal state fullerton uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i watch cal state fullerton sports throughout the year and i can agree that they're a baseball school love to see that well anyway back on target um yeah, I got Florida Mississippi State in that first game, and then I, I, I kind of agree. This feels like a game where Mississippi State starts off slow and then you know bounces back. Um, so yeah, I, I expect Mississippi State to advance, advance with relative ease, and then for game two, Tennessee and South Carolina. Um, I just, I just, you know, as much as I like South Carolina, I just really can't see how. Um, they can get past Tennessee, especially in a game that that is as critical as this one is. And then um, I had LSU over Georgia to play Arkansas, and then I think Arkansas will breeze by that. And I think um, the only real upset we have, if he can even call it an upset, is Ole Miss over Vanderbilt. I think Vandy might drop that first game in Hoover on that Wednesday. Um, I think it all depends on who pitches. We saw Kumar throw Friday or Kumar throw game one against Kentucky. Um, so, yeah, I think it depends. And I'm not just saying that because I think, you know, one of the two out of Kumar and Leiter are better than the other. But, um, uh, yeah, I guess I can't say that. I like Kumar more. But yeah, I think Ole Miss is is really catching on at the right time, and similar to what Noah says, I I, I really like Ole Miss, and I think they might be able to sneak by Vandy. 
I'll run through it in the same way you just did. Uh, Mississippi State versus Florida, and then we have uh, South Carolina against Tennessee. And I'm going to to go with a little bit of a, of a pick that I don't think many will see coming. I think South Carolina is going to win that game. Tennessee really doesn't have anything to play for. South Carolina does. I think South Carolina is going to go out there and send a message. And a little bit of a fun fact, I heard this earlier today listening to another podcast stolen from them. Uh, South Carolina is a significantly better team when playing during the day than they are at night. And this is going to be a day game. I don't know like what the numbers are on that. I could maybe dig that up. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if the per the whoever made the podcast I was listening to, we'll see if we can find it again, but South Carolina better at day than at night. This game's during the day. So give me South Carolina. They had lost two to three to Tennessee all at night, or at least two or three at night. They're going to this one. Cox, then, Cox, Cox. I just had to get that yes. out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for a second, I, I I thought we had to pause and and give a break for an edit, but then I realized that's actually appropriate. Nope, that that's so, intentional. Cox are intentional. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Nobody loves Cox more than this podcast. <laughs> no, no, Mitch. Big <laughs> Daddy, talk about Arkansas. Mitch, keep it together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. Arkansas will play Georgia, in my opinion. All this LSU hype is is cute and all, but Georgia, obviously I love Georgia. I think Arkansas will steamroll Georgia. Then I do have Ole Miss playing Vandy, and I think I'm not going to be cute with this one like some of, our, some of us. Vandy is going to beat Ole Miss as much as I love Ole Miss. It is double elimination, so Ole Miss <laughs> is still alive. But we're going to get our Vandy-Arkansas in the next round, and I think they'll save Kumar so we can get Kumar versus Arkansas. Tim Corbin is definitely the type of guy to – see Arkansas on the schedule and say, I don't care if we're in Hoover, Omaha, or Timbuktu, we're throwing our ace because – or we're saving our ace because we know that we're going to go play Arkansas even if we throw our worst guy if I just tell a team to be fired up to do it. They'll play anywhere. They'll throw Kumar anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's Uzbekistan or not. Yeah. Catch that dig. Yeah, hope you guys did. Uh, yeah, I love Kumar Rocker. Mitch. Mitch is um, laughing. Yeah, I'm just I'm just laughing at the the Uzbekistan <laughs> shout. Um, so for me, I had Mississippi State playing Florida. I had Mississippi State winning that one. I I just think Florida this year has just been so inconsistent. It's so hard to predict what they're gonna do. I think Florida could show up, and I think they could beat Mississippi State. I think Florida could show up, and I think they could lose by ten runs. I it really just depends on. If they want to, I, I don't know if I want to say if they want to play or not, but it just, they, they just look some, there's some games you watch them and you're like, this team did not get off the bus today and wanted to play. Uh, South Carolina versus Tennessee is what I had in that matchup. I think Tennessee wins. I think it's going to be close. I think so that's a game that South Carolina could steal, but I think Tennessee takes it at the end of the day. And then LSU, Arkansas is what I had. Arkansas wins. Just no even no need to talk about that one. And then Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, I think, is the most interesting matchup that we could see here. And I think Ole Miss takes it. I think that they're they they're hot right now, and they got something to prove. I think I think they take the uh, game against Vanderbilt. I just want to add one more thing. Uh, I was going to say this before I thought of the Uzbekistan jab, but. Um, Kumar against Arkansas, I think, is must see TV. Like, I literally think you should like cancel plans with the girlfriend, cancel dinner dates with the wives. Uh, you have to watch Kumar pitch against Arkansas because um, 
you know, with, with the way things work, like you might not be able to see that. Like we all expect Bandy and Arkansas to be there in Omaha at the end of June, but um, you know, especially in this year, anything can happen. So you do, do not want to miss that. And I think if we get a matchup like that in Hoover, that would make the second matchup in Omaha that much better. I've often thought that the uh, if we do see Arkansas and Mississippi State a few more times, it's going to be that much more exciting. But I, I agree that it is appointment TV if if uh, Kumar takes on Arkansas. In fact, Reggie, I think you should go ahead and open up your house if if Kumar uh, plays Arkansas. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, of course. Um, so I guess we can transition now into the third and final topic of tonight's show. Uh, just kidding. The outline says touch on other conference tournaments, um, big 12 and ACC. No, would you like to do that? Absolutely. Uh, the ACC does a goofy format that I can't explain. I haven't looked into it, but somehow it works itself out every year. NC state's good. Uh, NC state is good. Pitt is bad. Love that's that's the ACC. That. Pitt is also bad. It has uh, won West two games in the last month. <laughs> Pitt, There's a lot uh, of bad teams out there. Uh, folks. You can go search at 247 CWS and then type in Pitt. And you can go back a couple months and find me saying, oh, Pitt is, Pitt is an elite team. Pitt is going to go. Pitt might host a super regional. Uh, just know that we were hacked that day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you look back at that, though, like Pitt was like a hot, trendy pick. I mean, I know uh, the, the the announcers talked about it during the Florida Arkansas game, but Pitt all of a sudden they they fell off the map. They went from being announced as a top twenty team to host a regional to all of a sudden it's like um, they they there's a there's an outside chance they don't make the tournament. I, I would go as far as to say that it's an inside chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a chance they miss like a good chance they don't make the tournament. Personally, at this point, I'm rooting against them to, to in terms of making the tournament. I hope Louisville misses the tournament instead, but uh, yeah, I can't we, have that. Yeah. Can't have that. I, I, it's hard for me to put into words how sick I am of hearing Louisville. Anyway, Pitt, Louisville, that's the ACC. Go watch it. It's in a beautiful ballpark. At least it used to be. I assume it still is. Um, uh, I'd like to add one more thing. West Virginia, I think, is a team that's similar to Pitt. West Virginia, I think, was ranked 15th at the beginning of the year. And West Virginia sucks. Like, <laughs> they're just not good. Like that's a wonderful transition I, into our Big Twelve talk. Oh yeah. yeah, that that wasn't intentional, but yeah, I, West Virginia sucks. I, I mean, say we just let's just take West Virginia and Pitt out of their conference tournaments and have them just play a series against each other. Make them make them play a, a seven game series. Yeah, in, good in old Uzbekistan. backyard brawl is what that well, uh, rivalry is called. Maybe we could start a rivalry between those two teams. Do you, th- you think that they would make good rivals? Um, maybe? Yes. <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at West Virginia's schedule. They lost their third game of the year to Georgia State 20-4. to I did not know that. That's mm. tough. Uh, fun fact. West Virginia, West Virginia is not good, folks. Uh, West Virginia, the first game of the baseball season this year was West Virginia against somebody. I want to say maybe Ohio. Georgia State. Were, oh, it was Georgia State. I thought they were green. Huh. Oh. No. Well, what are you going to do? So anyway, the Big 12, <laughs> uh, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, uh, drop-off, Baylor, Oklahoma State, drop-off, Oklahoma. Uh, Big 12 is, is kind of a, a mess right now. They were talking about maybe getting three of the top eight national seeds, and now they're, now they're still safely in the three of the 16, but Texas is holding their own a little bit. They went two and one at home against our friends in West Virginia, who we love. We love West Virginia. 
But then in the uh, <laughs> in Fort Worth, TCU has lost three straight series now due to uh, Texas, uh, Louisiana Monroe, and Kansas State. And then Texas Tech hasn't really stumbled that much, but they've lost a few games that they shouldn't, uh, including one to Oklahoma uh, last week. Uh, not not dominance out of, the, out of the Big 12 that we once thought we might have, but I think the Big 12 tournament is one to keep an eye on if you're saying – hey, maybe my team can compete for a, a, a top eight seed because you should be actively rooting against Texas Tech and TCU if you are, i.e. Mississippi State, East Carolina, uh, those level teams, Florida included. I just want to say a giant pet peeve of mine. I'm trying to find the Big 12 tournament bracket online, and I'm clicking all of these links, and – like it has the games, it has the matchups, but it's not in like picture form. Like you can't see the bracket. You have to go down and figure out, okay, game one is West Virginia and Kansas at six o'clock. Keep clear schedules for that one, folks. And then it says game two, game three, winner of game two, loser of game three. Like, yeah, I give me a break. Also, another 9 a.m. matchup we get in the Big 12 tournament. So everyone's favorite. And that's West Virginia, Kansas? No. Eight uh, nine is West Baylor, Virginia, Kansas. That, yeah, so West Virginia, Kansas is on uh, Tuesday. It, it, the website I'm looking at says Thursday, May 25th, but now that would be Tuesday. Glad to see others aren't perfect either. Um, Wednesday is uh, Baylor at Texas – or not that – versus Texas Tech at 9 a.m. That one's actually a, a good game. I, I, I like those yeah, teams. Yeah, that's a good matchup. At 9 a.m., though, on ESPNU. Oh, credit to ESPN for picking up a game. God forbid we'd be able to watch the SEC tournament, though. Who has SEC Plus? Uh, no comment. Uh, whatever FCS is, what is FCS? It says that's what channel the games are on on Saturday. I don't know what that means. Uh, please don't roast me for not knowing what that means. Um, can we transition you. now? Yeah, sure thing. All right. So topic uh, three. Topic three, the third and final topic. 16 regional host favorites. Um, you know, I'm not sure if uh, if a ton has changed. I know there are a handful of maybe one or two teams that you can go ahead and just count out of um, hosting a regional. I think one of those uh, actually, I don't know. Mitch, uh, pick Pitt. me up. You were Pitt, looking Pitt, for Pitt. Pitt, 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 Pitt is for sure done. Yeah, Pitt, Pitt, Pitt. Pitt is dead. 0-6. Oh, oh, my goodness. 0-6 oh, since being announced as a regional site. Uh, uh, feed me. Feed me. I know it's 3-3 three and three since it's been announced. Feed me, Louisiana Tech Regional Party in Ruston. We love the Love Shack. I love Shacks of Love. Okay. All uh, right. Is that actually what he called it, or, or is that actually what it's called? Or did I think that's actually ben what it's called. I don't know. Ben Mintz okay. said it was called the Love Shack. I think it's well, the, it, it, the, must, the, it must be true then. The LaTeX uh, baseball Twitter says Love Shack. So okay, well nobody loves the Love Shack more than me, except they are not in my top sixteen: uh, Gonzaga, TCU, Stanford, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, Texas Tech, East Carolina. Then the top seeds are Oregon, Mississippi State, Notre Dame. Tennessee, Arizona, Texas, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Read that in reverse order for a little bit of a twist. Um, Mitch, how's your top 16 looking? 
So my top 16 in reverse order also. Louisiana Tech, Florida State, East Carolina, Florida, Ole Miss, Stanford, TCU, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arizona, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas. Yeah, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. I don't have a top 16. Um, busy weekend. People have uh, people have come to expect minimal from you, Reggie. It's fine. Yeah. Um, sorry about it, folks. Uh, the insider coverage from the Summit League tournament this week is going to be impeccable, though. So uh, hopefully oh, you guys are sitting on the wait. edge of your seats for uh, North Dakota State and Omaha on Thursday night or whatever god-awful time they got. Yeah, TCU. Shout out to Eli Dalton Wilson. I know he's fired up for the Summit League. Yeah. Uh, TCU. Um, I know I alluded to this in our group chat with us three earlier. Maybe it was a different group chat. I don't know. Um, I, I had assumed that TCU had safely played themselves into a regional. That is definitely not the case. Uh, one and two against Louisiana Monroe and then um, also one and two against Kansas state. They're two and four in their last six since they've been announced. Um, that's it depends, tough. Who you, depends who you ask on TCU. I think Kendall Rogers the, earlier said that, that they were safely like a regional and, and he's sort of like the, 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 the John Rothstein of uh, college same, same baseball. thing. I said, Jesus, you said John Rothstein. <laughs> yeah. We same thing. They the are middle. synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whatever he says goes, so I guess they are fine. Congratulations, TCU. I have them 15. I have them in extreme danger if they were to lose right away in the Big 12 tournament. I think they're they're okay-ish. Obviously, it wasn't too long ago where I had them as the number two team in the country, and Mississippi State fans aren't afraid to drag me for that one to the day. But uh, I do think that they should be pushing the panic alarm a little bit in, in uh, Fort Worth. But at the same time, the, the other remaining teams – like we consensusly don't have in our top 16 are like not really that close to competing like yeah. Southern, Southern mists Charlotte, as much as we all love Charlotte is just like, it's not tempting to put them in there. Obviously we disagree on Gonzaga and Louisiana tech, uh, but yeah, I have Gonzaga those, those, out. Uh, I, have I don't Gonzaga have a in. top 16, but I do have Gonzaga out. Um, TCU has, does uh, have Louisiana to play tech, Kansas state. Mm. Jordan Wicks uh, is very good. I think just yeah. those those teams on the slight outside, just none of them have like done enough to pass up the teams that are in the top six that we have in our top six teams right now. Like the only team that I think has come close has been South Carolina to an extent. I think I just I have a hard time putting Gonzaga in my top sixteen. Just playing out of the uh, WCC, just not a. They don't play like the same kind of teams that you see someone like that, and they just got throttled by yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, and and I also want to take a, uh, you know, obviously I take these moments where I just talk to myself for a little bit, but Gonzaga's <laughs> baseball, baseball's like official account is a travesty. I went, Oof. I went, and I was organizing some information, and I was like, oh, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what the Gonzaga score is. I see, hey, we played today. Basically, them tweeting that they tweeted the lineup. And they didn't tweet until the game was over. Yikes! I don't. That's think, just lack of uh, lack of work yeah. workers. I, I, there. I don't think like, Gonzaga Nation was too concerned about this baseball game, but come on, you got you guys are supposed to be hosting a regional, and you guys can't get the social media team to tweet out a nine inning baseball game. 
which I understand why maybe you stop tweeting after the third inning when it's 10 to one. But come on, Gonzaga. Oh, pick us to host a regional NCAA. Also Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, we had a baseball team they played today and they lost by nine. Yeah, it's probably Mark Maktoff. I think that's how you say his name, running the uh, social media account. So <laughs> we just dug that name out. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, we, we did Google that. Um, I cannot name drop the Gonzaga head baseball coach, but I just did. Uh, yeah, um, that's that has something to do with the uh, SID or uh, whatever other student workers they they have to pay to to watch WCC baseball. I, I mean, I'm just kind of looking over like some other like teams, and that's like Southern Miss. I mean, they've played Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech this year. They're three and five against Louisiana Tech. They played Mississippi State one game, they lost, and just you just kind of look at it, and it's just like. They're not really doing enough outside of those teams, like the actual teams that they're getting really good chances to play against. And I don't know, for me, I think for Southern Miss to play themselves into a regional host, they'd have to win the Conference USA tournament. I have never looked at Southern Miss and, or, or the Starkville Regional as I, they're two separate things, but I have never viewed them separately. I have always stuck them as the two seed in the Starkville Regional and not really considered them for anything else. So as far as I'm concerned, they are going to be there. They'll be playing there. Even if they're not, I will see the two and the three playing at Starkville and I will, I will see it as Southern Southern Miss, whether they are even in the same half of the country or not. I, I don't remember where I saw it. It was someone on Twitter, but they were tweeting about how Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss are all going to host regionals. And I was just like, two of those, yeah. Southern Miss, mm, probably not. <laughs> yeah, Southern Miss hosts a regional this year. I'll shave a Golden Eagle into my head. All right. Quote me on that. Well, let's go Golden Eagles, Brett Favre, whatever else you guys have going for you. We're cheering for you guys to win the uh, Conference USA tournament. Thank you. Oh, shoot. Did not realize. Uh, yeah, yep, they okay, had Brett yep. Favre. Yep, you didn't realize it. but Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> it, Noah. Yep. That's exactly it. Um, get get those Golden Eagle stencils ready, folks. <laughs> <laughs> He's breaking out those real durable jeans and the Golden Retriever and bad yep. day to be in the Conference USA. Wrangler. Real denim jeans. I, I think Not a plug, one- by the way. One thing I want to say before we uh, head out is towards the end, the ACC having a pool play in the conference tournament. Just it, I, what is it with just conference tournaments in college baseball and just having Being systems, stupid. just <laughs> systems that don't make sense. that I just look at and I'm like, Oh, well, now I'm confused. And they don't. And like, even when you go to like the ACC, like official, like page where they talk about it, they don't really explain it. And well, like, well, they're just like, here are the teams that are in the pools. And yeah. And I'm, if from what I've picked up, I'm pretty sure you have like the, the team who because you have four pools of three. So the team that finishes first from each pool moves on to a bracket play of some sorts. And it's just I'm just confused. I just wish that we would have something that's a little bit more straightforward on how the tournament works. Yeah, this uh, is like shades of like 12 U baseball like. Get as many games in in a 48-hour time frame as possible. People in my mentions were talking about the SEC tournament specifically. Uh, how about how they – it's just like the SEC was like one day 
let's be as cute as possible with this thing. It doesn't yeah. make any sense how we go single, double, double, and then there's a double yeah. again. I, I don't because you could win you could win the SEC with a loss by beating a team who did not have a loss going into the game. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It so it would go round one single, round two double, round three double, and then round four is single. So theoretically, yeah. you you could have Mississippi when it's, when it's down to four teams, it's just a single elimination. Yeah. yeah, so you could have like Arkansas or Tennessee have no losses, then they <laughs> drop a game to a team who comes from the loser bracket. And oh, yep, sorry, you you, you may have only lost once, but you you lost, so you don't you you, you don't win the tournament. And then in, in regards to the ACC, I have absolutely. No idea. And the ACC used to be like right on par with the AC with the SEC for a little while with like when Clemson was really good. So it was like I would watch the the ACC tournament just as much as I watch the SEC tournament. And I still have no idea how it works. When you say pool play, I literally picture like a public pool, like there are bandages floating around. There's, you know, a guy who really shouldn't be wearing this minimal of clothing near kids. The ACC is just it doesn't make any sense. And in fact, I think it's gross. I think it's borderline illegal. Yeah. yeah. Is that because of Louisville or is that just how you actually feel? <laughs> I love Louisville. I don't know where you'd get the idea that I don't like Louisville from, <laughs> but I would say that I like all ACC teams equally, if that would make things even more compact for you, except NC state who I actually can tolerate. NC state is fantastic. I'm just, I'm just looking that. at the pools for the ACC tournament, and Pool D just makes me want to throw up with Miami and Florida State and Duke. It's a clown show, clown show. It was, I do, I, I, I do think Florida State's actually a good ball club this year, though. I believe it was Pool B that was the most disgusting. If you had that ready to go, Mitch. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Clemson. Yeah, imagine yeah, watching. That's, that's imagine close. watching. I, I, I don't know. Like, who the ACC network? Like, how do you even get that? I, I don't know, but. Uh, Pool C looks like a lot of fun though, with North Carolina State, North Carolina, and Pitt. Oh, yeah, it looks like a party. Hey, if we get if we get Pitt from the first quarter of the season, yeah. All right, oh, uh, I, I think we're at the end. We've kind of we, we're, we're this is we have reached bullshit hour. If, um, if you guys are hearing this, it's a Christmas miracle <laughs> because we have like forty minutes of free space according to SoundCloud, and we're pushing it. Some would say we've pushed it. Some would say uh, we pushed it. it. We pushed it. All right. So well, if you're hearing uh, this, uh, congratulations, but also I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you for taking your time to uh, listen to what we had to say about our thoughts about the uh, current week of college baseball. Um, I'm Mitchell. I think this is all we have to say, right, guys? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mitchell. Goodbye, um, everyone.